When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Don Wells. Guess what we're listening to? TV Confidential. Ed Robertson with a reminder that we will replay our conversation with Nancy Olson Livingston beginning at the top of the hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we are bringing you an encore presentation of a conversation with Tony, Donna, and I that originally aired in March 2018, in which the three of us asked the question, what exactly constitutes a classic TV series? The segment you're hearing originally aired in 2018, but as this is an evergreen type of topic, we'd love to hear what you have to say. You can email us, talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also leave us a message or post a comment, facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, Twitter.com forward slash TV Confidential, or Instagram.com forward slash TV Confidential. Before we went to break, we were talking about uh, how some shows, such as Gilligan's Island, which may have been made fun of when they were originally on television, but have since become classics or have since been considered classics because subsequent generations recognize the quality of the show and its impact on our culture. Tony? And you had comedy that would be reminiscent of Laurel and Hardy, comedy that would be reminiscent of Abbott and Costello, comedy that would be reminiscent of Doris Day and Rock Hudson, some of the exchanges between Ginger and the Professor or Marianne and the Professor. So you did have all of those different, you had every type of comedy known to man at that time, and they did it beautifully and it's something i also give credit to fred gwynn in the munsters mm-hmm. that he could play stooge to al lewis and straight man to paul lynn or as as dr dudley or yeah that he could deliver a straight line as good as fred mcmurray and then he could deliver a stupid line as good as lou costello in the same episode <laughs> and 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 i don't think people really give credit for that uh how difficult it is to be straight man especially but how how to play that comedy uh, so well. And I think it just, these shows get so dismissed as, as well, I hate it when, when they call them stupid. And why is it, oh, why is it? Well, because the American public is stupid. Well, I mean, look, like, that it, is such a cop-out answer. It, it, that, that also kind of circles back to one of the things that started this particular com- conversation in that for some people, the concept of, what constitutes a classic is very subjective. Mm-hmm. And I think it depends on age. I think it depends on demo. I think it depends on several things. As, uh, can I throw in one to the conversation? Sure. Just because I think it's relative as we are approaching, uh, you know, we're, we're in the middle of award season as we're, pro- but um, Lou Grant. Mm. I would say if if Mary Richards is Murphy Brown's mother, Lou Grant is Murphy Brown's father. Yeah, I would agree. And w- when we're talking about a movie, The Post, Mrs. Pinchon is Catherine Grant. Catherine yes. Yam. Yeah. She is, and it's been said in many ways. I got to meet uh, Pat Morrison, who was a reporter for the L.A. Times mm-hmm. forever and ever and ever. Uh, she uh, also on uh, local PBS KCT when that mm-hmm. existed. She hosted. Uh, she was one of the the, the hosts of uh, Life and Times mm-hmm. 
uh, along with Hugh Hewitt, who we now see on MSNBC. Mm -hmm. And I forgot, uh, I think his name was Ruben Garcia, who uh, worked for the LA Weekly. So you had three very unique... So, you know, uh, there was no Huffington Post at the time yeah. when she was doing So I'd say the L.A. Weekly was kind of our, like our village voice. Mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's a couple of comparable periodicals in San Francisco. San Francisco, Big so, Guardian, yeah. So kind of that. San Francisco Weekly, yeah. Kind of that liberal underground point of yeah. view. You had the conservative point of view. You had, you know, the L.A. Times was a little bit more mainstream uh, in comparison. But I, I got to speak to her and I said, you know, I have been watching... Uh, episodes of Lou Grant on uh, YouTube when I go to the gym, you know, just watch it on my phone. You know, like, she goes, where did you find this? And I know it exists on uh, DVD and Blu-ray. But she was, she said that when she was interning at the LA Times and she was a young reporter at the, Lou Grant was required viewing. Yeah. And they would also go, did you see last night's episode? There would be like an episode where they're having conversations in the newsroom, and it's like, we just had that conversation. <laughs> yeah, it's like, do we have a spy here? Or something? I mean, it was a little, it was a little eerie how they were mimicking it. But of course, yeah, I think the big deal was that Mrs. Pinchon was Catherine Graham. If you look at her story, you know, she inherits the the newspaper from her husband. Uh, and unlike Mary Tyler Moore, where they never talked about current events in the newsroom. Mm -hmm. Other than oh, there's a fire in downtown Minneapolis. Can we can we get a news van out there? But they never talked about the the big issues. And you had in this newsroom, how do we cover this story? What's the right angle to cover this story? Should we cover this story? We'll lose readership. Can we get everything we need to cover the story properly in time for deadline? And you had all of these elements, and you did have. Uh, Certain uh, moral issues, ethical issues, all of these things were covered into the mix. And going back to what makes a classic, um, yeah. those issues, I mean, take out some of the take take out the certain details of of the story, and the 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 crux of the plot plays very well today. Yeah. And and in fact, we said we we said this when we had Ed Asner on our show uh, about a year ago. I was surprised at how pleasantly surprised at how timeless that show proved to be. Yeah, and you know one of the it things still with holds the, up. the new Murphy and I had been saying this for a while, but we're seeing it with the new Murphy Brown. That Murphy Brown is going to be brought back into a world where we have social media, fake news, yeah, and and real news. And it, you know I had mulled in my head Alternate how facts. How would if we saw Lou Grant today, what world would he live in? Odds are the L.A. Tribune would no longer exist. Yeah. Odds are very good that the L.A. Tribune. Would I no wanted Lou exist. Graham to moderate a debate with Trump. Oh. That would be <laughs> that would be great. But can you imagine? First of all, you 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 can't imagine this guy retiring yeah. and playing shuffleboard for a couple of reasons. One, he just that's not the makeup of the guy, and two. He probably doesn't have retirement. <laughs> no, he might. He would probably be on. Uh, if if he wasn't running a publication, he would probably be doing the Bob Woodward, Carl Bernstein circuit, yeah. and he would be a talking head on CNN. He'd be a talking head, or he'd be teaching, or yeah. he would or be both. Yeah, or yeah, or he would be, uh, you know, with an organization like the Huffington Post yeah. or something like that. Uh, but probably be a talking head to talk about the role of journalism and responsible journalism and and all the moral things that he'd be talking about then. 
I'd love to see Lou Grant at a White House press conference. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, but we always saw Lou Grant as the boss in many ways. Uh, when we saw him in his own show, we also saw him having to deal with the boss. Yeah. When we saw him on the Mary Tyler Moore, yeah, yeah, the buck pretty much stopped with yeah. him. Yeah. He he rarely Ed, did you see him have to answer to somebody upstairs. Well, as as Ed Asner himself said, he had to play him with more nuance and subtlety. Yeah. And unfortunately, he couldn't have that bottle of scotch in his desk right. drawer anymore. No. Well, he would have it at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which which we which we saw more of. On the Lou, on the hour long show than we did on the Mary Tyler Moore. Oh yeah, the, well the, because because it was it was not called the the Edward Asner show. It was called the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes, true. And we saw the the personality and all that. Um, I also loved when I was watching it something I didn't really pick up on when I would see these shows for the first time when I was at the age of really discerning quality programming, uh, but there were are times when in the newspaper. Or even when they are covering an event, how the newspaper people look down on the television people. And then he would have to remind them, I worked in television, yeah, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, because yeah, the you know, the competition of the newspaper where the T V people could go out live but see, and cover that was, something but in, and in, not ha- not do it sometimes without substance. In seventy seven, seventy eight, which was when uh Lou Grant uh the, that was the first year of the Lou Grant hour-long show. The uh, there was a cultural shift in that uh, while new, newspapers were still dominant and there were still in many major metropolitan cities there were there were still two newspapers, mm-hmm. yeah, morning and, and an afternoon. And you might paper. have a, yeah, morning paper afternoon. But, you might have a later edition, yeah. and you would have a later edition, but. Um, Television was beginning, if it hadn't already, was beginning to to supplant print news as the number one source of you information. Keep in mind, at, at, towards the end of Lou Grant, CNN started. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't think um, there was ever any storyline about cable TV being a different type of competition. Even, even though cable TV was... Was around in I mean cable cable TV was around as early as the first part of the 1960s. Yes, but you have to keep also when we're getting into the late or, 70s or, or pay TV is what they call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, you know up until let's say the late 70s, for a lot of people, cable TV was TV because having an antenna on your roof didn't cut it. Yeah, if you lived in an area with mountains, like I lived in Tahoe for uh, a couple of years, unless you had cable, you didn't have TV yes. because you were living in this giant basin. So, you know, you could go if you if you own property on top of a mountain, you could mount a TV and get an antenna, I'm sorry, and get channels from Reno and San Francisco and Sacramento, but otherwise you needed cable. It was uh what what sometimes they would call it community access yes. television. Basically, it was the person who had property on the highest point in town would mount an antenna and then feed the coax to all the neighboring houses for a fee. Uh, when satellite got incorporated into that, uh, when Ted Turner decided I could take Channel 17 in Atlanta and uh, put it up on satellite and have a super station, and then uh, what, who followed? WWOR in New York and WGN Chicago and other channels were were doing that. That now TBS is where we watch Conan and and uh, Samantha B and all these. These are now you know like national, international 
markets, that's also a shift in cable. Before it was just basically it was an enhancement for your you know, to receive the uh, airway signals. But but you know CNN was a big game changer, and Lou Grant kind of finished before CNN could you know really be relevant to the Los Angeles Tribune, which technically was a local paper. Yeah, and going back to a major metropolitan newspaper. Yeah, and going back to Grace and Frankie, I I will, I will concede. For the first maybe five ten minutes, I had a problem with the basic concept, which is why would anyone cheat on Jane Fonda? Uh, <laughs> but then I remembered Ted Turner did. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I still don't, I, st- I still don't understand that either. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. You're going to enjoy Tony Figueroa's standalone podcast this week in TV history, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find podcasts. The FBI Dossier, a guide to the classic TV series produced by Quinn Martin and starring Ephraim Zemlis Jr. The FBI Dossier, now available at BlackPawnPress.com, Amazon.com, and EdRobertson.com. One more item, save the dates. Join Coda Life and Well Time as they kick off the new year with their amazing Radiance Retreat 2024, January 19th through January 21st in the beautiful beach town of Malibu, California. Radiance Retreat 2024 is a weekend of wellness, healing, and stillness that will help you reclaim your vibrancy, your power, and call back your energy. For more information, follow Coda Life Goddess on Instagram, that's C-O-T-A, Coda Life Goddess on Instagram, Coda Life on Facebook, or visit CodaLife.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.